It's time for Forward Nation Radio. Now here he is, the host of Forward Nation Radio, David Leventhal. Welcome to Forward Nation Radio. I'm David Leventhal. Welcome to another huge week in the Trump Looniverse. Yes, the President of the United States has managed to humiliate himself and the nation in just three separate huge events from the week. First of all, of course, the big breaking news is that the President of the United States contracts COVID. Second, of course, was that debacle of a debate a few days ago where the President of the United States humiliated himself and the nation by his debate performance is acting like a little baby. And... Earlier even than that, the New York Times has finally, after all these years, gotten a hold of Donald Trump's tax returns. And the results will once again humiliate both the President of the United States and, yes, America as well. In fact, the news is so huge on these three issues that it's too much to be contained in one show. So we're going to do something unusual this week. We're going to break down the show and it's three big topics into two separate shows that will go up almost simultaneously. On today's show, we will talk about Trump getting COVID and the debate. And very shortly, we will put up another episode on Donald Trump's tax return. So stay tuned for that as well. So let's get right into it. And yes, the president of the United States has COVID. You, you wouldn't think that this would be the kind of thing catching a, uh, a global virus uh, that would be a humiliation. But considering the president of the United States has been dismissing COVID since it started. Yeah, this is actually a humiliation for the president of the United States to now get it. So the president of the United States has COVID leaving his supporters to ponder the imponderable. How is it that the dear leader is faking a fake disease? I mean, why? What's, what's the strategy from that brilliant uh, three-layer, 3D chess player, President Donald Trump to his supporters? Why is he faking this fake disease? Maybe, maybe someone told him that there's still a military draft. And he's not sure if the bone spurs thing is still going to work. I don't know. Um, don't worry, those of you who are worried how, how Trump supporters who've been saying that this is mostly a hoax for all this time are going to deal with this. As we speak, I am sure that the brilliant deranged minds at QAnon are figuring out how to, how to blame the Democrats for poisoning the President of the United States with whatever this is designed to look like COVID to the uninitiated. You know, I try to make this stuff up. I try to make up what is the stupidest, most ridiculous thing that could be going. And then I think, no, QAnon's going to beat me. They're, they're probably more creative than I am. They're going to come up with stupid shit that I never even could think about to explain this one away. Well, Trump gets COVID to prove at least scientifically there's there's some something to be learned from this it turns out that covid can in fact be transmitted by ass licking um 
yes, apparently the president of the United States uh, was not feeling well. Uh, I, I love the way it was phrased, was feeling lethargic, which seems to describe Donald Trump pretty much 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But anyway, the president wasn't feeling well. Nevertheless, in the age of a, of a deadly global pandemic, he went to a fundraiser where he was in close contact with more than 100 financial supporters of Donald Trump. And gosh, gosh, I hope those people are all feeling well. Uh, yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that one for a little while. Uh, what a damn shame it would be if all that ass-licking going on with those fundraisers resulted in more than 100 COVID-infected, ridiculously sick Trump supporters. Uh, yet, despite the whole ass-licking thing, uh, Vice President Mike Pence has so far tested negative. Now that, of course, could change. So we're holding our breaths on that one. And you can guess what we're holding our breaths for. But um, so Penn so far is testing negative. So apparently the White House will be uh, calling for an investigation of the Jesus cure. Uh, maybe that's the October surprise coming out of the Trump White House. We don't need a vaccine. Jesus will protect those who love him enough. Like Mike Pence. Uh, it would be a damn shame if he ends up testing positive in the next few days. And I'll leave it to you to decide whether that's uh, sarcastic or not. Anyway, um, Donald Trump, the President of the United States, has been taken to Walter Reed Hospital, where he is, of course, enjoying his free government health care, which he is, of course, health care, government, and otherwise trying to take away from tens of millions of Americans. But let's not digress here. The President of the United States is suffering from COVID. Let's, let's try to keep our focus on this one. Uh, once, assuming he is released from Walter Reed, and we're hearing now from White House physicians that uh, he's doing better, he's doing okay, which, of course, we could put a lot of faith in as we can, you know, anything coming out of the White House. In other words, why do you even mention it other than to set up a joke? But if the President of the United States is subsequently released from Walter Reed, we're told he's going to have to quarantine in the White House. And that leaves us to ponder, again, the imponderable, what will the President of the United States do with his time if he is forced to quarantine in the White House? I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that he could spend his day watching more than eight or ten hours of TV, which apparently is his norm. So quarantine in the White House for the President... Um, I think what they pretty much did, they did call that Tuesday. Uh, he will be spending his day watching Fox News, I guess, and getting aggravated and presumably watching how Fox News tells everybody that there's no such thing as COVID or we're exaggerating it or whatever else. Um, that at least would be really nice to imagine the president doing that. Uh, look, lest it sound to my viewers like I am celebrating the president of the United States getting a potentially deadly global pandemic. Um, I am, of course. I am absolutely celebrating the President of the United States got this. I just I just want to be clear on this. I know people are going to say, that's terrible. That's terrible. It's not terrible. I am absolutely celebrating that this criminal son of a bitch who has murdered tens of thousands of Americans by his incompetent, uninterested response to COVID, 
by lying to us for months about the dangers of COVID and thus murdering Americans might actually face a little bit of consequences for his own actions. As I pointed out a few weeks ago with Herman's, Herman Cain's death, which, yes, I am still celebrating, finally believing there might be some, on rare occasions, justice in the world. That people like Donald Trump, who spend their lives just, just viruses themselves infecting everyone around them, might actually get debilitated by what they're doing themselves. So, lest it sound like I'm celebrating, I am. This is the best news I have heard in a long time that the President of the United States has this. Now, that leads us to the next possibly awful thing for me to say. Am I rooting for the President of the United States to die? Um, this one's a close call. Uh, but no, I'm not. I'm not rooting for him to die. I mean, there are... No, it's not that there's limits. Um... I'm still, I'm, I'm still rooting for most of his support, supporters to die. But um, am I rooting for the president of the United States to die? I'm not. I spent some time thinking about this. Uh, were I a praying person, which way would I be praying? And I decided, no. What I want him, of course, to do is suffer. I want him to suffer badly. First of all, I want him to be suffering through and watching his utter rejection, overwhelming rejection by the American public in four weeks and change on election day, which I'm still, were I a praying person, would be praying for, because it's the only thing that will keep this country and the world alive. I want him to watch him get slaughtered at the polls. Um, it better happen. And then, I, even after that, I don't want him to pass away from COVID, because I want him to spend the rest of his miserable existence rotting in a prison cell. I want him out of office. I want the criminal investigations of basically every financial thing he's done for his entire life to be concluded in a way that leads to criminal trials, leads to conviction, and leads to him rotting in prison, different prisons than all of his offspring for the rest of his miserable existence. Okay, just to show that I'm you know all about healing our country's wounds. Oh, we'll come back to that in a little bit. Um, I, I want him to serve as an example. And did I just say that I want Donald Trump to serve as an example? Oh my God. Um, I just said that I want Donald Trump to serve as an example. And I actually meant it. This is, uh, roll out the fanfare. That is, that is amazing. First time in four years. Um, I want him to serve as an example of what it is when you pull a blanket over your head and refuse to live in reality and you are a total piece of shit. I want him to serve as an example to his moron fucking supporters that there is such a thing as, as COVID, that, that there are over a million people around the world already who's died, who have died of it and over 200,000 in America who have died of it. I want these morons to finally have to have some reality sink into their stupid, miserable existences. Do I think it's generally going to matter? No, I don't. I, I think for Trump supporters, they're too damn stupid for reality ever to matter. But maybe there are the, the mythical undecided voters out there who are looking for some excuse to vote for their tax cuts who will be jolted a little bit by this news, and hopefully by getting daily updates 
of what unremitting misery the president of the United States is currently suffering through. I want people who go around not wearing masks to at least have to read about how their idol, their cult leader, how he is suffering through what people like them have inflicted upon others. Lest it sound like I am rooting for a deadly global pandemic. In this case, in a sense, I kind of am. This, this one is, is harder to admit because this one's really awful. I mentioned, I mentioned the results of this deadly global pandemic. I want it to go away. And I want people not to suffer. On the other hand, if this is what's necessary, stuff like this, to make sure that the, that the world does not end itself, or the United States does not basically end itself and the world by reelecting this son of a bitch, I will ex- the, the trade-off will probably be worth it, as awful as it is. Um, right now, the deadly global pandemic is the, 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 the best weapon in the fight against the further usurpation of the United States federal court system and the United States Supreme Court. It is unbelievable to have to say this, but what Democrats, reasonable people, people with any integrity, decency, could not stop the Republicans railroading through uh, Amy Coney Barrett, Trump's right-wing hack of a Supreme Court pick. Well, the fact that GOP senators maybe in large part because of Donald Trump, are starting to test positive. Three Republican senators, as the time I'm, I'm recording this, Lee, Tillis, and Johnson. Well, if these sons of bitches are stuck in hospital beds in misery on ventilators, maybe in the same room as the President of the United States, that would derail the Supreme Court nomination of Coney Barrett. And frankly, that's a good thing. One has to ask, apropos of Mike Pence, I had actually had a couple of former students reach out to me and say, this may be the first existence I've seen of God. Um, I'm not sure I'm going that far, but um, one would wonder, especially if one is inclined like Mike Pence, is God seeking to derail the latest packet of the United States Supreme Court? Is this God's doing? I actually think, you know, God has a lot more work to do before she gets back into my good graces. But maybe this is a start. Maybe this is God's way of trying to make the election turn out in a way that saves this country and saves the planet. Uh, I know I don't believe any of that. I don't believe in God. I really wonder what the evangelical Christians are going through right now. How they're dismissing this one. I'd love if they were blaring this on Christian radio. This is this is God's way of protecting the planet and getting rid of Donald Trump, you fucking morons. Um, the last thing with 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 with, with the president getting COVID, um, I'm starting to read how people are asking the question about governance of the United States. What will happen? How will the United States be governed while the president of the United States is laid up with COVID? And of course, what really amazes me about this is that people are asking this question with a straight face. Um, The implication being that the president of the United States has ever had anything to do with governing this country. Uh, 
does he occasionally have to sign something? I suppose they probably have someone there who can robo sign for him. What do we need the president of the United States for? And God bless if Pence comes down with this too. How great would it be if those two guys are seriously laid up and they both get to sit in their hospital beds watching Nancy Pelosi take the oath of office? I'm sorry to be celebrating off of other people's misery. Not so sorry because those other people are pieces of shit who are destroying the planet. But seriously, how how just great an image is that? That pretty much keeps, that's how I go to sleep at night at this point. Imagining them watching that. Speaking of watching that, and speaking of governing this country and humiliating America and all that other crap, uh, it seems like oh so long ago, but the first presidential debate uh, between Trump and Biden was this week. Um, let me back up for a second. I started the week on Sunday watching the New York Giants do something that was designed to approximate playing football. As a New York Giants fan, I sort of feel like for as long as I do it, which is usually about two or three weeks into the season, watching them play football is my way of paying penance for whatever wrongs I may have committed during the week. Like maybe, you know, wishing for the president and vice president of the United States to get seriously ill. Um, But apparently watching the New York Giants play football was not penance enough. I must have been a very bad boy these last few weeks because I had to watch this presidential debate. I mean, we're talking, I've obviously been really, really bad. At some point during the debate, my wife walked in, uh, saw me, I think, clinging to the ceiling with spittle coming out of every orifice of my body, um, and said, why are you watching this? My wife tends to, in, in her own very intellectual, scientific way, kind of get right, cut right to the chase. I said, why are you watching this? And I sort of said, well... Either I've been bad or, you know, I have this podcast and I teach and I'm going to have people ask me about this. I I kind of feel like it's my duty. Although I got to admit, with a few minutes to go, I said, look, I've watched enough. Let's let's watch something on Netflix where lots of people get killed, something more uplifting and inspiring than this. Um, the, The man is, in case I haven't made this clear in almost four years of doing this show, an absolute embarrassment to the United States of America. That is the big takeaway from this debate. The president, as I'm watching it, I'm thinking people around the world may be watching this. Now, most of them, of course, turned it off two minutes in and just said, Americans, they are the most stupid people on the planet. Um, I don't. I don't even know where those that person was supposed to be from. But um, but that wasn't my Trump imitation. I, I don't want to say that. Um, it just p- people are watching this. People are watching this and thinking, we made this man the president of the United States. Admittedly, it was a minority of us, and I'm sure they're not exactly mollified by the fact that we've set up electoral electoral system where where the loser keeps winning, especially when the loser is this big a loser. But. This, this this is just unbelievable. People are watching this. This man is an utter humiliation for this country. And I again, I've been saying that for three and a half years. But man, this was just on TV for 90 minutes. 
just right out there for the entire world to see. And anybody who wants to, to, to go into both sidesism, and people did, and false equivalents, oh, this was terrible, this was so unpolitical. Not, the, the president of the United States is a fucking baby, a disgrace. To be fair, most of the stuff I'm reading, and I give kudos to the New York Times for this, they weren't having this at all. They were ready. For, it was all. Trump did this. This was Trump. This is all Trump. To be fair to Chris Wallace, Fox News so-called journalist who I've never liked. Admittedly, he's not in the category of Sean Hannity and, and Tucker Carlson and that ilk. He's, he's not going to be running for the Republican Party nomination for president in four years. But uh, it's not, not somebody I, I, I've certainly had a lot of faith in or respect for for a lot of years. I mean, to give him his due during the debate, he was, I mean, he, several times he said, it's not both of you, Mr. President, it's you. Let's just be clear on that before, you know, those of you who are reading things that are talking about both sides of them. I'll, I'll get a few minutes to my concern about how this debate might, might have ended badly for, for reasonable people and for decency. But I wanted at some point in the debate, I'm screaming at Biden and I'm saying, look, just look at Wallace and say out loud to the American people, could somebody get this whining little baby a pacifier? <coughs> just humiliate the son of a bitch in a way he's not already doing it to himself. I'm reminded of all these studies that have come out that have said the best way to beat Trump is not by saying he's a wannabe dictator, because actually for his supporters, that's kind of a selling point. Don't get me started. But, but to show him as a weak little nothing. And Biden had, and he did a little bit, and of course he's hamstrung because he's debating the president of the United States. But I just wanted him to just just totally make fun of this guy for 90 minutes. Someone get, someone get him a pacifier. Someone get him a tissue. I think he's going to cry. Little baby going to cry. Just everybody should be. This man is a disgrace. He's a big baby. Where's that, where's that big baby float from London? Bring it to America for the next debate. Hang it outside. Big baby. This insult the presidency. Now, nevertheless, despite his being having to tread lightly because he's he's debating the president of the United States, the the challenger to the president of the United States in a presidential debate on national TV called the president of the United States a clown and told him to shut up. This is remarkable. I, I said to my students all week, if any Democratic candidate, Republicans get away with this shit. I've been arguing all the time. They disrespect Obama for eight years. That's fine. One, he was black. And two, their constituencies are very different. Republicans get away with the shit. Democrats don't. If a Democratic presidential candidate had called the president a clown and told him to shut up up until this year, I think it would have been the end of the election. That person would have lost the election. The whole story would have been, how dare you disrespect the presidency? We always say that you guys don't respect America. You told the president to shut up. In this case, Biden told the president to shut up. In fact, you know, why don't you shut up, man, or something like that. It was actually pretty, pretty well done. Um, and I, to my it didn't even register. It didn't even register. The man has so demeaned the office of the presidency. He has so diminished the office of the presidency that it just doesn't matter that someone tells him to shut up. Chris Wallace, the debate moderator from, from friendly Fox News, from state media, Fox News, 
came awfully damn close like 10 times during the debate. Will you just please be quiet? And it's just, it just doesn't register. Because he's utterly, utterly demeaned himself in the presidency of the United States. The other One of the other takeaways that I have from this debate is that I think he has basically undressed his own voters. That was for me a pretty big takeaway from this debate. And what I mean by this, you still hear this bullshit. I mean, we're still, I, I, I've decided that, that for purposes of reaching out and, and reducing controversy, I was going to make a, a distinction between current Trump supporters and people who supported him in 2016. I don't think it's a particularly apt distinction because in 2016, you still should have known what you were getting. But whatever. Okay, I'm making a distinction. Maybe in 2016, you could have had your head so buried deep in the sand or up Donald Trump's ass that you had no idea what the hell you were getting into. But after this debate, there is nobody who can argue ignorance anymore. There is nobody who could say, well, you know, I don't think he's, you know, I don't like some of the things he says. On the other hand, he did cut my taxes. So to you suburban white women voters, okay, you're out there on a limb right now, okay? You're fooling nobody. You can't be that ignorant. And what you are saying, if you go into that voting booth and and pull the lever, I know we don't pull levers anymore, for Donald Trump, what you are saying is you are willing to destroy fucking civilization, you are willing to destroy the United States of America for a few dollars in tax cuts. Let you and the whole world understand what you really are. And of course, you're such a blatant racist that... It can't be anything other than, hey, you know what? I kind of like his views on white supremacy. So that, of course, brings me to his views on white supremacy. The the part of the debate that rightly most people are picking up, among all the other shit that the president, president of the United States did, of course, was his abysmal failure to just come out and condemn white supremacy. Again. Again. Yeah, I know he said it never happened before, but of course... You know, we have it on tape. That doesn't matter. Um, the idea that this son of a bitch would say to the Proud Boys, violent extremist white supremacists, who are, by the way, celebrating in the wake of this debate. They are the ones who are celebrating because for them, the debate went well. And I'm even making that up. They've said they're celebrating. Hey, the president of the United States took our side and gave us a shout out. This human shit. It, it reminded me of my feeling in the aftermath of the 2000, 2016 election where I grieved for the future of this country and the planet. But part of my, my anger, my utter inconsolability was the fact that I knew that when I was inconsolable and when decent people around the world were inconsolable, the people who were celebrating the most the day after election day were the, were the white supremacists, the Nazis, the absolute human trash. And this is, this is what re, that reminded me of. Who Donald Trump makes happy. Who he represents. The trash on our, in, in our country and on our planet. Uh, telling them that they should stand by. This wasn't a mistake, by the way. He needs them to intimidate 
voters. And in a few minutes, I think he needs to, I'll tell you, he needs to create violence. This was so bad that even Republicans sort of, sort of had to distance themselves. Even Moscow Mitch had to come out and say, oh, I, I think the president uh, uh, probably should, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, denounce white supremacists. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, but of course, what they're really saying is they, they should, do, but not so loudly. Don't denounce them loudly because you people call them white supremacists. We, of course, call them our base. And let's remember that the Republican Party can't be too animated about this because they cannot alienate their base. Let's be clear that if Donald Trump wins or gets close enough to steal, he's not going to win. If Donald Trump gets close enough to steal this election, if the Republicans get close enough to continue to steal the Senate, it will only be because of the turnout of white supremacists. Let's be clear on that. Republicans and Donald Trump will not distance themselves from their base. Uh, People are upset about this poll monitoring that Donald Trump continues to after the debate, to come out and say, go to your polling places and monitor your the polls. Again, let's be clear in case any of you don't understand the dog whistles there. Uh, Donald Trump is telling white supremacists to show up at the polls with their military assault rifles and scare the shit out of any black person who might have the nerve to show up to vote. That's what we're talking about here. But I think it goes further than that, by the way. People are talking about the fact that this guy won't condemn white supremacy and is calling for, for basically poll monitors. I, don't, I think it's beyond that. He is calling for actual violence. He wants the Civil War to start on Election Day. That's the strategy to the extent that he could have strategy. If the Civil War starts, they're going to have to start closing these polling places when the violence starts. Again, the whole election strategy for Republicans for the entirety probably of your lifetime, dear listener is to stop people from voting. So creating violence at the polls, it's not just the intimidation that's the goal, it is the actual violence that is the goal. He is trying to not threaten the war, but start the war. But of course, decency was not the only casualty of this debate. Facts, of course, were the casualty of the debate. Uh, I had told my students going in, I said, understand that and prove me wrong, extra credit. I believe that every single time Donald Trump opens his mouth, he will tell a lie. Uh, nobody's taken me up on proving me wrong. I think, it's, I think it's pretty clear that every single time the president of the United States opened his mouth, he told a lie. Or if you want to nitpick, Not necessarily a lie. He totally misled people in the audience. But there was one time, I think, it turns out, where Donald Trump may have told the truth. And that, of course, was when he said, the end of the pandemic is in sight. That's what he said on the debate on Tuesday night. What was it? On Friday? On Thursday? We found out that the president of the United States tested positive for COVID. So I guess for him, the end of the pandemic might be in sight. That, that's the closest I think he ever got to the truth in the entire debate. Um, he did, of course, also during the debate, take time to mock Joe Biden for wearing a mask. 
Gee, that's one that I hope gets played a whole lot in campaign commercials and YouTube and just for the for the rest of this country's existence. In a presidential time couldn't be better on that one. In a presidential debate on Tuesday, he mocks Biden for wearing a mask while half of his supporters sit in the audience not wearing masks. And then we find out he's got the virus and undoubtedly he has spread it to a lot of other people. Yeah, called that one, Mr. Jackass. Um, A couple of quick notes on questions that were asked during the debate that I think are worth my commenting on and maybe adding something to. Um, To some extent, I think Trump did Biden a favor. Uh, I was reminded very early in that debate that Biden is, to say the least, a slow starter at this debate and until at these debates. And until you rile him up, he kind of is really not on sure footing. I think it was good that by being a complete jackass two minutes into the debate, Donald Trump riled Biden up early and sort of got him on his game earlier than he might have otherwise been. Um, Biden's first answer to the first question regarding the Supreme Court, I found, frankly, pathetic. Um, I cannot believe, and by the way, I just want to be clear, I think Biden accomplished what he needed to accomplish during the debate, which is look fine, not look like he was insane or a lunatic or an idiot to be able to string sentences together, look like he is not a jackass like the other guy on the side of the stage, and I think that's fine. That's probably all that the people watching really cared about. Nevertheless, for my listeners, when he was first asked that question about the Supreme Court, and and Wallace and then Trump had the opportunity to say, talk about elections having consequences, how the hell was Vice President Biden not ready for this one? How did he not have a hit-this-one-out-of-the-park response to this, which is, you know, Chris... The one thing I keep being reminded in America is that elections really don't have consequences in America, do they? Of course, when Barack Obama was duly elected president of the United States by a majority of the American public, the Republican Senate told us that elections do not have consequences. Elections seem to only have consequences when the party that loses the election then takes power. So Donald Trump, remember, lost his election by three million votes. The American public preferred the other candidate by three million votes. I'm not sure we call that elections having consequences, Chris. At least in the entire rest of the world, that's not what we'd call it. We wouldn't call that in a democracy. And of course, the Supreme Court nominations are vetted by the United States Senate, which also does not reflect democracy, which is controlled by Republicans, despite the fact that Democrats got 15 million more votes. 15 million more votes, I forget how many, no. They represent like 15 million more people, and they got more votes. So don't fucking talk to me, although I I would suggest take the fucking out when you're on the debate stage. Don't fucking talk to me about elections having consequences. We are the party of elections and elections having consequences. And I cannot believe he didn't just do that. He starts doing some bullshit about, I don't even remember what the hell he said. It was just ridiculous. Um, Later on in the debate, in some respects, the most offensive statement that 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 trump made if you watched it this long it was much later in the debate trump actually had the nerve to attack joe biden and barack obama for having left so many vacancies when trump came to office. trump says boy i've I've filled the courts with so many people like that makes me great no that makes you have absolutely no integrity with a senate that belongs to your party and has absolutely no integrity that's what that means that's all that means he, he pointed out that you left 120 vacancies. Now, 
Biden somehow wasn't able to make this clear. There were 120 vacancies because the Republicans controlled the Senate and you people have no respect for elections having consequences. You have no respect for the fact that we were voted president and vice president and it was our job and our duty and our opportunity to fill these seats. So you just didn't act on any of them. You stole the effing seats. Unbelievable. The guy says, hey, we stole all these seats and... That's why you people should vote for us. Because we're fucking criminals. Unbelievable. Um, Then we got climate change and the economy. Uh, I just want to elaborate on this. Uh, I think Biden got this out. I'm not sure this was clear to everybody. Uh, Wallace asked him, I think the question was, Donald Trump is saying. First of all, when you start a question with Donald Trump is saying, just stop right there. Just stop right there. You should know better. But anyway... Others are saying, other right-wing worthless pieces of shit are saying, in order to save the planet, <laughs> to preserve the planet, to address climate change, it's going to hurt the U.S. economy, it's going to cost jobs, therefore we shouldn't do it, we should destroy the planet. That, that's the argument. Here's the problem with that argument, other than the, than the fact that it's offensive, that we're talking about destruction of the planet. The, the premise is false. Okay, it is, it is a false premise. The fact is... And this is the, just the unbelievable irony. The fact is that fixing the economy, preparing the economy for a green economy, to, for, for renewable energy and to save the planet, in fact is better for the economy. That is the best thing the United States could have done to save its economy would be to invest heavily and move heavily into sustainable energy. In fact, Solar, wind, sustainable energy is more labor-intensive. It employs more people. It is more productive for the future because it is the future of energy and the United States wants to be a leader, not a follower. Don't you want to buy the best solar panels in the world made in America, not the best solar panels in the world made in China or Germany or wherever the hell else? This is a win-win for America. So you say, why wouldn't we do this? It, it, we save the planet and it helps the U.S. economy? Professor Leventhal, I'm sorry, that, that just sounds a little too easy for me. You know, it sounds too pat. If it were that easy, we'd be doing that. We're not doing that. And we're not doing that, and that is a reflection of our politics and something that I've talked about from the very beginning on this show. That is a reflection of the fact that in America, elections are determined by corporations with the most money. Which means that U.S. policy is set by the wealthiest and usually most evil corporations on the planet. The technologies of the future, the industries of the future, are up against the industries of the past. Any country that was, that, that was able to look into the future, that was able to make good decisions for itself in the long run, would choose the future over the past. The difference is future industries aren't yet flush with cash. They're not sitting on billions and billions of dollars that they could dump into presidential elections and advertising. The old industries of the past are oil, gas, coal are sitting on lots and lots of cash. They can then take that cash, inject it into our political system to buy politicians to make sure that we are making decisions for the past and not for the future. That's the bottom line, that is a statement, that discussion, boy, I wish in two minutes Biden could have just spat that out. Because that's what's at stake here. 
do you, do you prefer the future of America and the world, or you do you prefer pock giving a few more billions of dollars into the pockets of sons of bitches who are the past, and we need to move on? Anyway, Trump's not accepting the election results. Again, I talked about this before. Um, unprecedented, unbelievable. Well, unprecedented, except it's unprecedented for a president. Of course, we're reminded that in 2016, when he was running for the Republican primary, he said the same thing. He's running for president. He said the same thing. Um, but anyway, unprecedented for a president to basically undermine U.S. democracy, to basically just declare war on the constitutional structure that exists in this country for 250 years, almost 230 years, whatever it is. Uh, absolutely, absolutely mind-blowing. But again, I want to be clear. I think that some of the discussion of the President of the United States doing this, I, th- I think that sometimes it's missing the point a little bit. The President's argument, and they're completely tangentious, they're just complete bullshit. The President's argument is that he can't trust the election and that's why he's got to steal it. But of course, his real argument is the opposite. The real argument is He's not sure he's going to be able to steal it enough. And therefore, he's going to have to steal it. That's his. He's not worried that there might be be voter theft, voter fraud. He's worried that there won't be enough. That's the problem for the president of the United States here. Let's be clear on this. He's again, it's bullshit to say that the the, the mail-in ballots ballots can't be trusted, but it's, it's worse than that. His underlying argument is, I am stealing this election. And yet, if I lose by so much that even with stealing this election, I can't steal this election, well, then I'm just going to have to steal the election. So, of course, um, I have to be concerned here that part of the president's strategy, this came up in one of my classes the other day, I'm, I'm really worried coming in the aftermath of the debate that, that what's going to happen is that so many of the American people are just so ignorant that they're going to watch this shit show and their response is just going to be, this is ridiculous, I'm out of here. And a reminder to all of you, it's only ridiculous on one side. And if you get out of here, then you're letting that side win. And the only choice here is to make sure that nobody gets disgusted enough to just leave the process. They just get disgusted enough to engage in the process enough to know who the hell to vote out of office. What a statement about how spectacularly unprepared for living in a democracy most Americans actually are. So meanwhile, while this is going on, while Republicans are are criminal, the president's destroying everything he can, lying during debate, demeaning America, humiliating us, whatever, all this other shit. As always, the Democrat is talking about healing the nation. He is talking about unification. And I think, when was the last Democratic U.S. president elected without running on that mandate? for healing the nation. I looked at my students and I said, in your lifetime, every Democratic presidential candidate has run on healing the nation. That really tells you something about Republican presidents every single time. Running against George Bush, he was, I'm going to heal the nation. Running against Donald Trump, I'm going to heal the nation. This is, running against Moscow Mitch, I'm going to heal the nation. Going back, you know, maybe... Ronald Reagan, 
no, what did I say? George Bush the first time. George W. Bush the first time, I suppose. You could argue Al Gore. It wasn't healing the nation. It was, we had eight years of Clinton Gore, and that actually was kind of doing pretty well. So let's just keep going with that. But so I said to students, when you were in diapers, may have been the last time a Democratic presidential candidate ran for president other than on I'm going to heal the nation mandate. So I think that in part, that's why we keep losing. If Joe Biden wins, he's going to spend perhaps eight years trying to heal the nation. Republicans are going to spend eight years fucking him. And they're going to win, and he's not going to heal the nation, and they're not going to put in in federal court nominees and all that. I really hope that this time the Democrats have learned their, their lesson, and they're going to talk about healing the nation. And when they take office, they're going to say, yes, I'm going to heal the nation. I'm going to heal the nation by giving everybody health care. I'm going to heal the nation by filling our courts with justices who the American public actually supports. I'm going to heal this nation by doing the kind of things, by, by providing universal child care, by fixing our educational system. In other words, I'm going to heal this nation by basically driving every Republican in political office fucking insane. And that brings us presently to Donald Trump's tax returns, which, as I noted at the top of the show, we'll have to wait for another show, which we'll be following very shortly after this one. So please take a look out for that. In the meantime, that's it for today. Till we see you next, be safe and be well. You've been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal. 